The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, again, Sue Rose Minahan at Talk Cosmos, and today is November 24th, 2018. And as we all know, in the United States of America, it's just after Thanksgiving, which for the new archetype that we're beginning to talk about as of today for the next four weeks, Saturdays that is, is Sagittarius. And Thanksgiving kicked it off with a full moon that happened to be right at the very zero degree. There's 30 degrees in each sign. And it, the full moon itself, which is always the opposite of the sun, and the sun happens to be in Sagittarius because that's the archetype we're in, but it, the full moon itself was in Gemini, and that's an axis. There's 12 signs in the horoscope, as astrologers recognize, but for those that are interested and eagerly listening to our talks, there, that is an axis, and they have strengths and balances, but together it really unites uh, dimension. And this full moon really gave us energy that we're still working with and we will continue to work with because as of Monday, the sun is what we call conjunct. That means very close. It's, it's, the, it's mathematical. The world in many ways is mathematical. And the sun and Jupiter are both at three degrees, Sagittarius. And this happens to be a seeding time. I was impressed to learn this. My own teacher, I will say, Maurice Fernandez, who is the president of OPA, which is Organization for Professional Astrology, which is a great membership I might always advertise and promote, um, consistently throughout the year has wonderful talks. And I just listened to one that he gave. He's traveling over in, well, it's travel. This is Sagittarius. But... Uh, and it was about the fact that of this seeding time. And the last time that they were together with it was back in 1935. And we're talking about a long, big energy. I won't go too much further because my wonderful guest today has so much to tell us together as we're going to continue talking because our subject tonight is Jupiter in Sagittarius, its cycle, and the Gemini full moon. But I will just draw a little bit of this platform, and that is is that with the full moon, and it's continuing, Mars, which is our action planet, the, it's separating, it's initiating, and it's in a very tension relationship a square, as we might call it, with the sun and the moon. And these are energies that are our identity and, and, and energies that are our emotional basis. And actually, more than that, it would be with the nodes. 
So the point is, is that there's mutable energy of the fire, Sagittarius, and there's cardinal energy. And this is a theme in so many ways that we're going to be working towards. Tonight, Judy, and I will give her entire, well, Judy Safar, an MD and a Harvard board certified adult and child psychiatrist and psychoanalysis with a private practice of holistic psychiatry in the Boston area. Judy is an evolutionary astrologer. She studied with Stephen Forrest and Maurice Fernandez. She's a tarot reader and shamanic practitioner. And her practice is devoted to healing through the integration of body, mind, heart, and spirit, unity. Judy writes a blog, Adventures in Holistic Psychiatry, on her website. And so tonight, from Boston, I welcome, hi, Judy. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. I know that you yourself discovered that you have Sag Rising. And I was looking, it's very prominent. It's the Sag voice. And I'm glad to hear your immediate thoughts about Jupiter and Sag or anything that you would like to offer. Well, I think it's a great change of consciousness to have Jupiter in Sagittarius rather than in Scorpio. Uh, As you said earlier, uh, Jupiter spends about a year in each signs of the Zodiac, and it just got through spending a year in Scorpio, which is a very different kind of energy. It's a it's Jupiter is the largest planet in the solar system. It's 1300 times as big as Earth and it weighs twice as much as all the planets put together. Boy. And so whatever it touches, it magnifies. It's an energy of tremendous expansion. And so when Jupiter was in Scorpio, Scorpio is a planet is a is an archetype that's associated with plumbing the depths and going deeply into the unconscious and it's very often associated with power and abuses of power and often it's associated with sexuality and the genital area and when Jupiter was in Scorpio Actually, when it entered Scorpio in November of 2017, it was when the Harvey Weinstein revelations broke. Yes. And then from that, that point on, the Me Too movement gained momentum. And that is all a perfect metaphor for uh, Jupiter in Scorpio. And then there was you know, more revelations about the extent of the sexual abuse of children by the Catholic priests in Pennsylvania. And this is all a very dark Jupiter, massive Scorpionic energy. And the switch to Sagittarius is to something much more lighthearted and much more adventurous. And it's like coming out of the dark cave into the light. And it plumbing those depths in Scorpio allows one to get into in touch with emotional truth 
that then one can make use of in order to create the vision that one will have with Jupiter and Sagittarius because Jupiter and Sagittarius is all about creating a vision and a philosophy and a perspective and a point of view. And so the signs relate to one another. So we went through all of that with Jupiter and Scorpio in order to prepare us to be able to create a new vision for this time coming forward. And Jupiter's, I mean, in traditional astrology, it was called the greater, the great benefic, the greater benefic. It was, it's a planet associated with abundance and luck. And we have the good fortune of having it in Sagittarius for 13 months rather than the usual 12 this year. It doesn't leave um, for Capricorn until uh, December December second, I think, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, or maybe maybe I wrote down well nine and two kind of look alike. But Not, yes, <laughs> the, the November ninth, November ninth, it entered. It just entered in November ninth, and it leaves on December. So at least that's what I. Oh, okay. Know. Yes, it, very close, close, very close. It is true. It's a good stint and a very a time of mutability. You know, so that really all these dreams and I think vision, that's a, such a great uh, code word for Jupiter. And a vision takes mutability because once you see the light, in a sense, light really gives definition to that idea, that vision, then it, 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 it morphs, it begins to develop, you know, and so it's a, yes. I totally and we're and we're ready for change, and we're ready to have a shift in consciousness. It's it's been a it's been a hard road, and uh, I think that Jupiter and Sagittarius gives us a kind of cosmic tailwind for. I love that tailwind. Something something that is very freedom loving and adventurous. And those new horizon. Are, and they are indeed the Jupiter is the seeker, the truth seeker. And of course one does learn that it's relative, like what is truth, but the ideal of really the wisdom, finding truth. And right. Philosophical systems, great spiritual understanding. Yeah, enthusiasm. I, I was looking at that word too. Yes. And it says N, which is in, and theism is God. So it's really one another way of of defining that the thrill of of getting to the truth, the wisdom. Right, right. That is all good, Jupiter and such. <laughs> and, and and each each planet has a sign that it's associated with, and. When Jupiter is in Sagittarius, it's in its home sign because those two are linked together. And so Jupiter is very comfortable in Sagittarius. It's at home. And uh, it has the most easy time expressing itself. And in fact, there, I mean, with every archetype, there's also the potential of the shadow. And with Jupiter, it can be like too much of a good thing, like overdoing it, like 
eating mm-hmm. too much or drinking too much or gambling, just gambling or just not knowing when enough is enough, like not knowing the limit. But, you know, it's, it's a matter of, of finding the right balance. But there is that danger uh, with Jupiter if one is not mindful that you can go over the top. It is a good thing to keep in mind. In fact, I was thinking about the mythology of Jupiter because, you know, Uranus is the exterior out, uh, planet, and then there's Saturn, and then closer to us is Jupiter, and each one overthrew the other, their father, in order to to reign. And Saturn was um, eating all his children because time, did, and, 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 the, and it's so interesting to read about Zeus or Jupiter because it seems to be touching constantly the, the thought process of, of how life is because Jupiter is the wisdom. But Jupiter gave, his first wife was wisdom and had a potion and uh, threw up all the children. And so, yeah, and uh, because time, when you think about it, time, it will be shortened by something. You know, when you really have to stretch the brain and think about all of that. Anyway, time got regulated out, and so there was order. Hmm. Yeah, and so with Zeus and Jupiter, and, and Zeus was the Greek name, and Jupiter is the the Roman name. And of course, we go by Roman names. But it is that. Uh, oh, it's the adventure, as you were saying, and it's the and it's ideas beyond. I think that's the expansion. Wants to know the whole world, you know, get in touch with thoughts. And I'm also, and I'm just trying to feed into what you were saying too, because of the archer, you know, the centaur, the half right. man and half horse. That really is that connection to to nature. That right, we, right. Yes. The natural world, Sagittarius loves the natural world. Is something very authentic. Yes. And it is sort of a connection between heaven and earth. You know the archer with the bow shooting into the sky and then our you know animal embodied selves it it really did well what i'm trying to say is is that that mind and body split that really with all the gods as of um as far as mythology goes it just and it lends the thought going along with our belief systems was is that the Gods didn't weren't animals. In fact, the centaur is the only creature you might say that's supposed to be one of the humans, along with Gemini and Virgo, uh, Aquarius. But really, it's a creature, and so that that is a gift. That's a gift to connect, you know, with the whole the whole part of living in spirit. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, the fact that um, we're coming up to kind of a rare event in January of 2020 when Jupiter and 
Pluto and Saturn will all be together in Capricorn. Mm. And right now we're at the end of a very, 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 three very long cycles. And we're at a time of endings. And it is really fortuitous that before this new seed is planted in January of 2020, that we have this opportunity of having Jupiter and Sagittarius to help us create a vision for what we would like to set an intention about what we want that seed to be. Like Jupiter and Sagittarius is so well suited to help us sort that out and to support the creation of that vision. Very important to say. The three cycles, which three cycles were you thinking? Uh, well, it's, it's Jupiter to Saturn and Saturn to Pluto and Jupiter to Pluto. Oh, yes, the energies there. And for yeah. people that are wondering, the Jupiter is an expansion and, in a nutshell, and Saturn is of restriction or structure. And Pluto is of transformation, so it is. But but this point that you're bringing up, I, I like very much. In fact, Jupiter is also, this is I'm tying this in, and I like this movement that we're talking about. But with death charts, Jupiter and Saturn are often related because people move on to higher realms, and then it's the ending, you know, the restriction of something. And I was thinking that... Really, it's also that motion, like, what is it in the body where the, the bowels do this and also snakes do when they move? It's, it's contraction, expansion, extraction. I don't know the name of that. But the point is, is that you have to push Peristalsis. For... Yes. Peristalsis. Thank you. Medical, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Peristalsis. And so it takes that strong motion to go forward. And I've heard that it takes a lot of effort actually to die. And so when we're talking about visions, and, and, I'm, and I'm threading this through with the physical death and, and also, but al- also the spiritual death of, the, of, of transforming into, and with these energies that you brought up, you know, with Pluto and Saturn and, and Jupiter, that a new vision does take that kind of stop, go, contraction, release energy to push forward. And, yeah, the enthusiasm of, of Jupiter is, is you got to see the whole broad picture in order to start piecing out or filtering, you know, at least. And also to have the optimism and hope that's so much part of Jupiter and Sagittarius because if you look around the world, there's so much suffering and so many terrible things are happening and climate change is upon us and there's so many catastrophes everywhere that it's so important to have this energy of Jupiter and Sagittarius so that we don't despair and that we do believe in creating a vision for the future and that there is hope and possibility. Absolutely. It's very true. In fact, when I was looking over those code words that you have said are so true that it Sagittarius sits between the scorpionic that goes to the limitations of how to renew life 
you know, and discard the old. And then over on the other side of Capricorn, which is, okay, now how are we forming a structure so that we can start building? But both are, have their limitations, you know, involved with limitations. So this is really potent. Right. It is kind of a bridge between the two. The one is, uh, just as you said, that it's it can be like dying to the old and this sort of evolutionary thrust forward, uh, trying to push through some kind of limit and boundary, and then Sag carries us like an arrow through the air, and then we land at Capricorn where it's possible to create structure and manifest the vision that we have constructed through our time in Sagittarius. Yeah, and on a broad scale, I know I'm bringing in something personal, but there was a very dear person in my life for over the course of many years who passed, and there were some marvelous memorials, and this person was an, a musician. And so looking at the breadth of of Jupiter, how it's working, it happens to be during this time of, of, you know, with Jupiter in Sagittarius. And what I'm getting at is, is that I was reading that information without experience falls short. And as a legacy for the, the children, the two sons are thinking of doing an event where it would be where the musicians, young musicians, and um, connect with older musicians, and they would, because of the, it's what they call the rub, you know, the, from that experience. It's so Sagittarius, really, you know, that you, you, you experience more or you get the whole idea about something because it's, it's the connection, you know, of, of how it's done rather than, it's like taking the journey together, really. You know, the traveling of it. Right, and it sounds like, is this about the young learning from the old? Yes, 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 Well, yes. that's, I mean, one of the meanings of Sagittarius that we didn't address yet is the whole idea of, of education and higher education and learning and teaching, publishing. But, you know, there is something about this um, generativity, I think, in the Sagittarian archetype that you're describing with these young people learning from the older musicians. And that's how years passed, you know, when life was really the world of music that people would share or learn. And it is interesting that Mars right now in Pisces and all this emphasis, we have all these three large planets that are in their own signs, Neptune in Pisces, Jupiter in Sag, and Saturn in Capricorn. And that because Mars, our energy, is in this Pisces, which wants to dissolve things or shift the energies, and loves music. Sometimes when I'm talking this way, I think, oh, dear, I hope the other people can 
follow. I feel like I'm skipping stones against the water. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But it is long journeys, and it's of our mind and our spirit, or physically, you know, going to other cultures, trying to expand. Absolutely. Traveling over... Uh, travels over water is, is an is an old meaning of, of Sagittarius. You know, that long, like, not like short little trips, but long voyages. I think Zeus. Visiting foreign lands. Yes. Travel. Yes, Zeus or himself, according to mythology, was born on Crete, which, of course, is an island. <laughs> Makes me realize that then he he left. It's such a... These stories, it's really a matter of trying to learn their vocabulary. You know, what was the essential meaningfulness? And that's another thing of Sagittarius is meaningfulness. I guess Absolutely. All, yeah. Creating meaning, finding meaning. Which leads me to say to our audience tonight that if you would like to call in and talk to Judy and myself and add your comments, or if you have questions about what we've talked about, that'll be the premise of anything that you might feel inspired to call us, this is the number, 425-373-5527. We'll have an announcement, and then we'll be back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hi there, this is Shannon Hayes from Seattle, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi again. This is Sue Rose Minahan with guest Judy Safur, MD, from Boston. And Judy has a website. You'll find it on Talk Cosmos. Go under guests. And she's a practitioner with many fields. And so we're going to continue. If someone did want to call in with a comment, 
or a question to either of us, it's 425-373-5527. And we're talking about Sagittarius and Jupiter and the new moon. So, you know, one point that perhaps we could focus on, because with this, the nodes are in Cancer and Capricorn, and for everybody else, the nodes are the lunar nodes. These are for the moons, and that's when the the orbit of the moon intersects with the sun. And they've just shifted, and they'll stay there for 18 months. And they're in Cancer for the North Node, and that's destiny in a sense of where we are integrating ourselves. And so that means the moon is going to be with us as a very strong energy. You know, I think last week uh, it was um, Susie Holbrook, who you know, and she was bringing up that the moon, instead of, because we're just leaving the, the, the scorpionic energy, so I'm bringing this up, is that she was referencing that the moon is often the go-to place for changing because Pluto is pretty intense. And as you were mentioning, we are on this slow march towards a very significant time, January 2020, with all these great, quote, opportunities. That's an excellent word you brought up, Judy. Well, I like that idea about what you said just now about uh, the North Node and Cancer and that making the moon particularly... Um, significant at this point in time that that hadn't really occurred to me in quite that way and I was just thinking about this um, full moon in Gemini and that it's at zero degrees it was at zero degrees and conjunct Jupiter which is the planet that we've been talking about I mean the sun has been conjunct Jupiter and um, I heard somebody say I haven't actually checked it out myself but I heard that between now and March 2019, there are going to be five full moons at zero degrees. So it's like at this time of ending, there's all of these new beginnings that are hidden sort of in this time period with you know, one full moon after another at zero degrees. I just found that really fascinating. It is significant. I'm thinking last year there was one... I think they were new moons, and so now we're having full moons, because I noticed that also before. But th- these significances ha- have real importance, because all this energy, and it's all energy around us, like this one right now, where very shortly afterwards the ruler of the sun, Jupiter, is actually right neighbors. I mean, they're very close. They're talking very strongly to each other. Right, and the full moon just is the time of like the greatest illumination, just shedding so much light. You know, like I feel like it goes really well with the whole Jupiter and Sag archetype of um, just being able to have like sort of a long-range vision because there's so much light. Mm, And thinking. So So different than that darkness and the depths of Scorpio where we've been for the last 12, mo- 12 months. Yeah, I was looking, and I'll, and I'll give credit here. It's a, uh, online. It's something called Star Sister Astrology. 
And it, it was saying about this energy of Sagittarius and that that wherever in your chart that Sagittarius is on the cusp is just an area because they do rule areas of our life. I mean, it's where the cosmos has some definition, and I'm saying that to our audience because it's a big cosmos. It's everything is uni- unity, and so it needs to be broken down. And that area does have optimism and faith. And right. yeah, faith, that's an interesting thought about how Jupiter really connects with faith. And I would guess, would you say that because if you're going into the unknown, you've got to have, which a long journey is on any premise, you have to have some kind of faith to... Right, right, to carry you forward, to have you trust that you're going to, you know, have, it's going to be like a good experience rather than something fearful. Yeah, and other well, code words, I might say, that were brought up was nurturing gratitude. And that's also, and it was saying that, which is so true, that grateful people have higher levels of well-being, you know, to look at maybe the full the full glass instead of the half-empty glass. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> Some I just heard the saying, this is something I really liked, what you appreciate, appreciates. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes more worthwhile more valuable. I mean, it's great with Thanksgiving to have Jupiter in Sagittarius. And it, and it always is, but this particular one, you know, the new the uh, full moon, that energy doesn't always just land on that particular moment when we're, many of us, or at least with some people that we find important. Or, right, but we don't, we don't always have Jupiter in Sag. no. No, 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 that's exactly right. Yes, indeed. Yep. yep. And and also exercise. That's another energy of Sagittarius. And I suppose when you think about it, it takes energy to go somewhere. If you're going to travel somewhere, you got to have energy. So in other words, the uh, not just energy, but the exercising. You know, So that for any of us that are wanting to work with that Sagittarius energy, we could... Maybe take a little extra walk. You know? Right. And you you need an extra walk, especially if you're going to overeat <laughs> with uh, all that Jupiterian, you know, indulgence. But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Another word that we didn't mention that has to do with Sagittarius is, uh, is, is restlessness. Mm. You know, there's like so much longing for freedom and to not be confined, you know, so the exercise or movement goes along with that, you know, like the Sagittarius doesn't want to sit still, doesn't want to be restricted in any way. It's very true. Yeah, I'm just thinking on a personal basis. I have a lot of ninth house emphasis and always being restricted to nine to five or it was, it was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. You have to do it, but it, it, you need to find that meaningfulness. And really, meaningfulness makes such a difference. I was just reading a wonderful article that was explaining that that is becoming a value in our culture that is, is as meaningfulness 
as how much vacation you have or something. People need to feel like their heart is connected to having purpose, you know, some meaningfulness that is for themselves. I think that's so important in terms of a person's feeling of well-being and that they're not just going through the motions and that there's no real, well, it's, it's redundant, but meaning to what they're doing, that it it's so uplifting to feel as though your work or your relationships or the way that you are in the world is meaningful. It makes a difference. I would suppose with your practice, that is a connection that people hopefully do discover. Because, I mean, you do work right, with... Right, that's something that I, I, I typically do talk about with people. You know, do they feel that about their lives? And if not, like, you know, how can we think about what would make it feel more like that? What are they longing for yeah, that would it, give a sense of meaning? And this idea of what we believe, there's knowing and believing. But I, I also captured a sentence out of something I was reading that was about our emotions. And this was about the, the scorpionic. But, you know, as we were saying, these it's not isolated. Everything's connected. But what it said was to ask yourself, why am I so willing to believe that my feelings are necessarily that true. And I'm embellishing a little bit on that. But in other words, it's not that your feelings are false, but it's rather that, is that actually the way? Is that truly the situation? Or maybe there was more information that could come into that to change the perspective of something. That maybe that, do I fault? Am I expressing that? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And sort of as a corollary to that, I mean, there's different ways of looking at things. And is it necessarily so the way that you're looking at it? And if it's not necessarily so, is the way that you're looking at it serving you? Or could a change of perspective actually be very useful and adaptive? Yes, journeys can make a real difference. I mean, People think, oh, they have to have a vacation, but just the fact of shifting your environment. And I think with Sagittarius, too, it's where you make the environment fit to yourself rather than you trying to fit to the environment. That's a great point. That is a great point. You know, like it's sort of in a way the opposite of the archetype of Libra where you're constantly accommodating and adapting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sometimes, you know, Sagittarian people who are Sagittarian in a big way, they can sometimes be abrasive or they can be tactless or there's the expression, you know, foot and mouth syndrome. <laughs> honesty. <that there's, laughs> At all costs. Yes, honesty or just like not really being that attuned. They're just sort of into their own authenticity and truth. Yes. That. Which is admirable, but can also be sometimes obnoxious. And that does remind me about the idea that, uh, and which is a strength, but anything too strong can, you know, needs to be maybe moderated. And that is, is that Sagittarius, by the time we get to the ninth house, Sagittarius and Jupiter, that area of our life that n needs to have a voice, you know, we need to express it, but it's so true. It's learning 
that maybe one's own righteousness or one's own opinions, you know, really uh, we can own them ourselves without thinking. It's a delicate line sometimes. Well, that's that's true. And again, when we talk about the dark side of Sagittarius, which is not only the too muchness that we mentioned before, but there can be dogmatism and even fanaticism and, you know, religious or ethnic intolerance. That can also be part of the dark side of Sag. Yeah. Racism. That's true. It, and I suppose that's where maybe now with Mars squaring it, and that means it's giving some tension, and Mars is in a sign that is wants unity, wants universality. It also may want to escape, but because it wants things, you know, in its simple form that because it's perfect, you know, things sustain, try and throw all this in together. But the fact is, is it can dissolve. So hopefully, on the, on the better side of it, being optimistic here, maybe the energies will soften, is what I'm trying to say, and realize that balance both sides a little bit because venus is in in libra which means it wants harmony that's true you cannot look at any of the archetypes in isolation they're all sort of working synergistically together and influencing one another very true it's a when we talk about sagittarius and philosophy it gets so broad and it's so beautiful, really. And because it is about perspective and it is about our belief systems. And the beautiful thing is, is that it, can't, it is mutable. You know, they can form, they can be so dynamic, but then again, they can shift with new input and, you know, and, and gain some more of that truth that one ultimately is trying to discover right and another word that we haven't mentioned yet i don't think we have anyhow is intuition ah. that's also like a big piece of sagittarius um that there's a knowing that isn't necessarily based on the five senses that is associated with this archetype and that i suppose relates a lot to the fact that jupiter ruled the ether, the, the heavens, mm. yeah, and mm. with the pantheon, pantheon of the gods, the Olympic gods, there's all this mythology that, that Jupiter pulled the card for the ether, the heavens. His brother Hades, or Pluto got Hades, the underworld, and Poseidon, the oceans, Neptune got okay. the, yeah, the water. But ether with intuition, that must, you think? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the archer, again, going back to that, aiming. And, and what is it? The galactic center is a 27 degrees uh, Sagittarius, where the stars are where we came from. That's the idea. Hmm. Which yeah. kind of leaps us into whole new ideas. <laughs> Yeah. It is. I think, again, when I read this, it says that Sagittarius is one of the two signs from which the ancients believed souls left the world. So Capricorn's the other one was Saturn. 
But this idea yeah. that when, when, and Maurice, who does a lot of death charts, he'll look at Jupiter a lot, and it's because, from what I understand, that's because the soul is reaching, I mean, this is with the idea that we have the same, we have a soul, our spirit comes back and back and back again. You know, we're not just here on Earth for one stint, but that we want to um, go forward. We want to expand, you know, where Jupiter wants us to go uh, beyond. Right, to leave this earthly realm. Yep. Yeah. It really does begin to enter into so many other ideas that we have so few answers for, and that's a good thing. I think a lot of life is questions. In fact, I think one of the great philosophers, Plato, was it Plato? He talked in questions. Mm-hmm. You know, right, the Socratic method. Okay. Oh, it was Socratic. Oh, Socrates then, not Plato, yeah. Socrates first, and then Plato was his student. Mm. Yeah, and so he would question. And in fact, there's a lot of wisdom. It's what is the question? That's what really leads you forward. It's not, not necessarily the answer. Well, you know, we've been through a lot of Sagittarian energy in a certain way for a long time, like Pluto was in Sagittarius between 1995 and 2008. And then Saturn was in Sagittarius between 2014 and 2017. And those were all kind of difficult energies, like with Pluto, something very transformative and, um, you know, like sort of breaking down the old and creating something new. And then Saturn, you know, like with all of the, kind of limitation and restriction and I feel like now with Jupiter and Sag we're really ready for something new and much more lighthearted and maybe more fun. Oh I love this idea. You know really Judy it's a good thing that you have brought this forth I think maybe the third time (laughs) because it's very true we're just at the very beginning of this voyage this quest, we might say. And it does take a moment to kind of throw off the shackles a little bit. And right. Some very heavy energies we've been through. Oh. It's true. And then I was thinking back, there was that square between Uranus and, you know, after 50 years of their conjunction, Uranus and, and Pluto. So it's an excellent point that now it, it beseeches us to think of visions, to really dream, to to expand, to learn, to, to educate, you know, to 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 get a voice. All ex- great Sagittarian words and concepts. Yeah, uh, remembering all the things that we've spoken of, that you've brought up, because that way it it lends some new solutions or a new perspective. Right. Because how can we? make resolutions to some of our serious issues if we don't come up with new approaches. Right. Or even a a new way of conversing about it, you know, instead of the same old trite sentences almost. but like And the belief that that's possible, you know, that that there is a new way. Kind of like the old joke of, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but where the sage... uh, Maybe they weren't sage, or maybe they just 
were blindfolded, but a bunch of people around an elephant and trying to describe uh-huh. it. You know, uh-huh. One gets the tail, one gets the trunk, the foot, mm-hmm. the ear. A totally right. different viewpoint. <laughs> right, right, right. Or the philosophy class, I remember in high school, that really re- shifted my brain cells, which is just probably very basic when it comes to philosophy. But if you had a box sitting in front and everybody in the classroom, you'd see a different box. But, oh, mm-hmm. boy. Well, publishing is something I, that will be later on a subject that we'll talk about in depth with an individual. But publishing is the meth, it is ruled by Sagittarius. Absolutely. Also the legal system. Yes. Yep. We're, and know. higher education. We said that, but that's, that's an important concept with Sagittarius. Well, all of these lead us forward. You know, when you think of like your life, you haven't, you're an MD. You have studied years to acquire the knowledge so that you're able to uh, synthesize information and, and, and coach or counsel or however you proceed with people. These are all perhaps Sagittarius words. Um, well, I, I have a lot of Sagittarian energy in my chart. I have Sag rising. I have a very, you know, just like you, I have a very big ninth house. The ninth house is associated with Jupiter and Sagittarius. So if you have Sagittarius rising, that's your rising sign. That means that Jupiter is the ruler of your chart. Yes, meaning that, and for rising, for those folks out there, our ascendant is that with the light that enters at the moment you were born and the energy that you you work with and how to operate in this world. The first house is very important. And uh, depending on what time you were born, it may be what degree it is. But yes, I noticed that too. You have lots of... Uh, lots of planets in the ninth. Pattern thinking, yes. Uh, I think Jupiter, Sagittarius I love because they, people do question. They, they want to know not just linear answers but patterns how do you put things together how do you create a belief and, what, mm-hmm. and what's the spiritual perspective what's the larger meaning uh, of all of it the intuition of it yes the spiritual part and it's it, without that we're so lost i mean gemini the opposite castor and pollux that was their whole story one was mortal one was immortal and it was through death where they finally connected and you know, then it's what's always the effort. And so here with, as you bring out, Sagittarius has that that intuitive um, energy of spirit. And it also synthetic, you know, like um, in terms of like Gemini contrasting is tons of information, but all kinds of different pieces and all kinds of different uh, points of view and it's not really taking a stand. It's just collecting more and more different perspectives where with Sagittarius, I mean, there is a lot of exploration, but the ultimate end point is to come to your truth and to say, you know, what do I think? This is, this is what I think, not just, well, there's this perspective and that person thinks this and this mm-hmm. person thinks that it's like what do i think what what is my truth 
right? Instead of gathering, it's that archer. Mm -hmm. I wrote that, you know, the archer aiming there and directing an energy out that that has. And and often, too, I'm reminded, it's not necessarily the destination, it's the journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, not right. always fun, but yeah. Right, but but there is a there is a, a much more lighthearted, optimistic, and I mean, there's that word from Jupiter, Jove, jovial. Oh, you know, yes. like something that is that is lighthearted and fun and laughing. I mean, people who have big Sag energy often have like really like big laughs. Yeah, and when really laughter is. The best medicine, yes. They the yeah. heart actually exercises during laughter, so it's um, yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing is, I've learned, uh, or so I'm told, the mind doesn't know the truth between fake laughter and real laughter. Meaning that if you're depressed or, or feeling not so jovial, maybe if you just try, and I've done this in my years ago. Just try laughing. Go, ha, 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 ha. And after, <laughs> after a while, you're laughing. <laughs> well, I think there is some kind of yoga laugh therapy. But there's also yes. this whole thing about smiling, that just the act of smiling uh, activates neural circuits that does increase a feeling of well-being and does uplift. Very good. And fewer muscles to smile than to frown. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All these reasons are okay. If I need reasons, here they are. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah. Here, we'll just take a, a brief moment, and I'll announce that next week, Patty McLaughlin, an evolutionary astrologer, is going to join me, and we'll be talking about cultural perspectives. She's traveled 80 countries. And so, of course, that'll be the same time and station. And tonight, just to remind everybody, I am talking with Judy Tsufer, an MD from Boston. And if you're interested in contacting Judy for her consultations on any manner, she is listed on my website, Talk Cosmos, and there's a guest portion. And if you want to listen to any of the uh, talks that I've had in the past, we have past episodes. So with that, we have about a minute left, I think, Judy. We can yak it up a little bit more or find a joke to leave everybody (laughs) (laughs) laughing and keeping their optimism or remembering to be thankful. Because right now, there's so much cardinal energy, too. I'm thinking, I think that was, we had fixed energy. Now we're cardinal and we're flexible. Hmm. Somehow... That seems like a recipe for, well, recipe, there you go, with the nodes in cancer. A lot of uh, new direction. I suppose really connecting and about our new travels and our new directions will be very important. So I hear the music. Thank you so much, Judy. Oh, it was really fun, Sue. It was really fun. (laughs) Good Sag word, fun. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, blessings for the Jupiter's seated sun on Monday. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.